0: So, off the back of what Theo talked about last week, particularly in terms of as a church in this season wanting to hear from God and hear what he is saying to us. Because today, the Fourth Sunday is always a little bit more of a reflective service. We wanted to give focus on and time for God to speak to us and to catch from him. Um, the reason I use the word catch from God is because last week in Rooted, um, the, our our children were looking at how to catch from God. This idea that instead of prayer being a big intimidating thing and hearing from God sounding very serious, it's about catching from him. And it's about catching in different ways. Maybe it's pictures or the Bible or songs or there are so many ways, and we're going to come on to a few different ways that people amongst us hear from God a little bit later. But yes, we want to this morning give space for God to speak to us as a congregation for individuals and maybe for all of us here. Throughout the Bible, we see this continual theme of God wanting to be amongst his people. That's a theme that runs throughout the Bible, and actually in Exodus, that's what God says to Moses is what will set his people apart from other nations. He says, I will be among my people, I will be with them, and they will know that I am your God. And even though the Old Testament is kind of riddled with the story that still goes on today of how human sin and choices wreak havoc and destruction on our world and yet continually throughout the Bible the Old Testament prophets particularly but others too speak into that with hope and they continually point back to the fact that God longs to be with his people and they urge, him, they urge the people to turn back to God It's that message of hope. It's that message that hope that one day, in the Old Testament they're speaking, hope that one day God will intervene, that God will overcome the problem of sin, that he will defeat evil and death in our world and restore his people. And why does God long to do that? Because he wants to be among his people. In the book of Joel, who's one of the Old Testament prophets, in chapter 2, verse 27, Joel says this, then you will know, this is after he's prophesied that God will deal with the problem of sin, he says, then you will know that I am among my people. What does that look like? Well, we know that it's Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us, God defeating sin. And when we take communion, that's what we celebrate and remember. But that's not where the story ends, and it's not where Joel leaves it either. Because Joel continues in verse 28 to prophesy then, after doing these things, dealing with sin and being among his people, then I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. It's a promise, not a maybe, for all people. And we want to, this morning, give time for the fact that God is among us, and that he longs to speak to his people. His spirit is already pouring out among us, is already speaking to us in prophecy, in dreams, in visions, and in other ways. And so we wanted to give time this morning, both to hear, but also to share stories of how other people have heard from God, and then to lead into a time of reflection and worship to maybe hear or catch from God ourselves. I'm going to start off with those stories. As I already mentioned last week in Rooted, um, they were catching from God and talking to the children about how to do that. Now, this week, it's really exciting. Both my children caught from god which is wonderful and i love that rooted is setting them up to do that and so i want to share you share with you how a five and an eight year old can catch from god so my five year old um one night this week as we were getting ready for bed she said to me mommy i've got a picture in my in my head i've got a picture of a of a girl and she's got her hair's this length and it's darker than mine. My daughter Elia has very, very blonde hair. So it's darker than mine, but it's still light. And she's wearing a pink jumper and a black and white spotty skirt. And she's crying. And I said, Oh, do you think maybe God's giving you a picture, showing you something that He wants you to know? And I said, her, Sometimes God speaks to us or gives us pictures for ourselves. And sometimes God gives us pictures for other people. And she said, I don't know. And I said, Well, let's why don't we ask God if there's anything else he'd like to tell you about that picture? So we did. And she said, Her name is Amelia Roberts. Completely out of the blue. Her name is Amelia Roberts, and she's crying because she's lost something really precious. She's five. God speaks and I said to her, Elia, that's a word of knowledge. God sometimes tells us specific information about somebody for us to look out for them and maybe he wants to minister to that situation. So I said to her, would you mind if I shared that this morning? Because perhaps there is someone in the room by the name of Amelia Roberts or who knows someone called Amelia Roberts or who fits that description or is sad that she's lost something precious to her. I don't know. But God speaks to us sometimes in really specific ways. And he gives us an insight into a situation. And so if you do know someone who fits that description, I'd love to pray with you this morning for them, for yourself, whoever it might be. Because God gave a five-year-old a word of knowledge. And then for my eight-year-old, he's just hitting that stage where he's aware of the dangers of the world. He's aware of what goes on in the world or some of the things. And he's been getting really anxious the last few weeks about when Alex, or I, Alex my husband, when one of us goes out in the evening, he's been getting really worried about, will you be okay? Will you be safe? And we've talked to him about lots of different, we've tried lots of different angles on that one, trying to reassure him and all the rest of it. And on Wednesday night, I thought, do you know what? None of what I'm saying is working. So I said to him, what, Shall we shall we give this to God? Shall we pray about it together and give it to God? And he nodded. I should really say that this is not a normal situation. I'm not a really godly mum that, like, prays with her children. I do, we do pray, but please don't think that I'm some saintly mother. I'm not. Um, just to make that very clear. Um, it was on my mind because I knew they'd done it in Rooted, so I wanted to encourage it this week, and I will continue to. Um... And I said, to him, so I said, shall we, shall we give this to God? And I said, maybe as I pray, because he wanted me to pray, I said, maybe as I pray, just, just see if you catch anything from God about it. So I prayed, gave a bit of a moment, thinking to myself, please, God, please say something. Please come through for me here. Um, or come through for Jonathan. Um, and he said, no, I've not got anything. In fact, he was just fiddling with something. Um, So I said, okay, that's fine. Sometimes it's hard to hear God's voice or to know what he's saying to us. But I said, why don't you, as you lie here and go to sleep, why don't you ask God to show you, and I made it really specific, I said, why don't you ask God to show you how he's keeping mummy and daddy safe? And before I'd got to the door, he said, I've caught something. And I think sometimes there's a key in that that I've learned. Sometimes we have to ask God specifics. That if we just say, God, speak to me, that's a really wide, wide topic. And actually for him saying, why don't you show, ask God to show you how he's keeping us safe? For him, that was really helpful. And he said, he got a picture for both of us. And um, my husband often goes out to do swimming. He swam to the Isle of Wight yesterday as you do, um, it, it was all official, it wasn't just like, he didn't just think, oh, I'm going to swim to the Isle of Wight. I'm going to wander into the sea, and off I go, no, it was official, they had kayaks and support boats, um, <laughs> he didn't just wander off, um, but so often Alex is going out for a swim, and God gave Jonathan a picture, he said, mummy, you know those, those trays at school that have all the cutlery on, well, there is a tray of lots of spoons, and God uses the spoons. If Daddy needs help, God gets a spoon and scoops Daddy out of the water. And do you know, this week, that was on Wednesday, every time we've talked about Daddy going swimming, or yesterday when, we said to, when I said to him, How are you feeling about Daddy swimming across the Solent? Um, <laughs> he said, it's, I'm worried, but it's okay because God's got his spoon. And and for Jonathan, that's what he needed. And obviously, there isn't a massive spoon that's going to come down. But God speaks to our hearts, doesn't he? He shows us that he's in control, that that he is looking after us. Um, The picture he got from me was slightly less flattering. It was that God wraps me in greasy butter (laughs) and then rolls me in porridge so that I bounce off anything bad. Thanks for that, God. <laughs> but you know, God meets us where we're at. He, in, for, the, for an eight-year-old, that's, that's how Jonathan could visualize it. He could visualize a spoon and he could visualize his mummy wrapped in greasy butter and porridge to bounce off things. And that's okay. It's all right. It doesn't matter how God speaks to you because he is speaking to you. And we want to, we've got four other stories, probably less about greasy butter and porridge, but we've got four other people lined up to just share a story today of how God's spoken to them. And then Rachel is going to lead us into reflection. So can I invite Merrick and Sarah and Di and Katrina to come down? And if you want to take a seat down here, just so that we're not spending lots of time going up and down. And they're each going to share a story. Now, this is partly what happens when you ask two people. When two people decide that they're both going to ask a few people to share a story, you end up with a father and daughter. Because Rachel and I did not talk about who we were going to ask in advance. We just asked and discovered we had a father and daughter. So we're going to put them at the beginning and the end, so that they're well spread out. Um, so, Merrick, would you like to come and share your story? Okay,
1: thanks. I think it's interesting in the Joel passage, it talks about old men... And uh, sons and daughters, so I think we tick the box there, Katrina, don't we? Um, So I'm an old man, but I don't dream dreams, interestingly enough, which is what it says there. I I hear from God in various ways, but I've never had a dream. I've remembered any dream, never mind one from God. So we'll move on from that. So one of the ways God speaks to me is through his word. I think this is really important because this is God's word. This is the truth, and we need to pay attention to it. So, I'll just take you back to when Anna and I were first married, which was quite a long time ago now. Um, and um, when we got married, we talked about the possibility of when our children, we hadn't got children at this stage, that when we had children and they grew up, we would possibly do some fostering because we cared about um, trying to help people. And then I forgot about that. And then Katrina was born. And then our son Jeremy was born. One day I was reading the book of James, um, and in James 1.27 it says, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. And the words just leapt off the page at me, and I felt God was calling us to start fostering at that point, which is a bit odd because we had little children. We had a small house, so we didn't have lots of room. But I really felt that was what God was saying to us. And later... I talked to my wife, which is a good thing to do. And she also had been reading James, and God had spoken to her through exactly the same verses that we should foster. So we ended up fostering teenagers, which was a bit of a shock to the system because our children were little, and we've never parented a teenager in our lives. So it was an interesting experience, especially going to parents' evenings when I think the teachers thought I must have (laughs) made Anne pregnant when she was about 13. Because we had these teenage, well, the first one was that, a teenage boy. But God spoke to us through his word. Um, there's two things I just want to say from that. One is that, um, you know, if God is asking you to do something uh, different to what you were thinking, then often he confirms it, so he confirmed it to us individually. And also, if you're a husband and wife wanting to do something, it's good if you both hear from God and are agreed, because if you're not agreed, you're going to have problems. And we had some problems with some of the teenagers, teenage foster children and all is the easiest people to deal with but god gave us grace because he'd spoken to us we know he'd spoken to us through his word and we were able to persevere because of that
0: wonderful yes thank you and thank you for sharing Anne's side of the story too like we could have had mother uh, mother husband uh, what am i saying mother father and daughter anyway i'm in a medal sarah do you want an entire family oh dear it's been a
2: long week uh, yeah um I, i'm going to speak of time where god spoke to me in a, more of a peace sense um in may my nan passed away after being unwell for probably two years quite severely unwell um, she was in care um in a care home and um, had refused medical treatment so it was a quite a slow painful death i don't know didn't know where my nan was with god i didn't know Um, she grew up in a time where it was just known that everyone went to church and everyone was assumed to be Christian but I had no understanding of her personal faith so when she passed I took it really hard I was like God I don't know if I have peace if she is with you I don't know I just I don't know and I kept praying to God like can you just tell me can you please just give me an answer and I can grieve and move on and deal with it I kept asking for weeks and weeks and still didn't hear anything. And then I was praying again and I was sharing um, with some friends I was feeling this way. And I just felt an overwhelming peace. And the verse in Isaiah 55 where God says, For just as heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And I just felt released I was like, okay, this is not my worry. You know, this is God's work, not my own. No matter what, I can't, I can't do anything now. So I just have to trust in him. And it wasn't a big booming voice. It was a peace and then a verse stood out. And I just knew that that was God comforting me in my mourning, in my sorrow, coming in with me and yeah, being with me.
0: Thank you, Sarah. That's wonderful. Di.
3: Um, Well, one of the ways God speaks to me is through prompting me to contact people. Um, It can be text or phone call. And I have discovered that often it can be a timely contact, not always, but often. And... Uh, One of the standout ones for me was that one morning I felt really prompted and urged to go and visit a lady. Now, I didn't know this lady very well, but the circumstances in which I did know her were not happy for me or for my extended family. So I was a little bit cautious about this, but the, the prompting continued... So I went to her place, I knocked on the door, and there was no reply. So I thought, oh, got that one wrong, <laughs> with some relief. But anyway, the urge to keep knocking was there, I, so I did. I just kept knocking to the point where one of her neighbours along the corridor sort of poked her head out and <laughs> said, what are you doing? Um, anyway, I just kept knocking, and eventually... She staggered to the door, and it transpired that she had taken an overdose, and um, she told me to go away, not on certain terms. But um, I did. I called the ambulance, and she was getting progressively worse. Just prayed over her, and the, they came. She was taken to hospital. Uh, she recovered, and she got the help that she needed. Now, please don't think that that, that's not one of the normal ones. But I think, you know, when we get these urges and prompts um, from God, let's act on them. Because there's been times when I haven't. And afterwards, I've realized that I should have done. But, yeah, that was one of mine.
0: Wow. These are some incredible stories. I'm glad we asked. (laughs) Katrina.
4: Um, Just before I... Share my story. I'd just like to say that I've been on the receiving end of one of Di's messages um, actually quite recently, and it was amazing because I had read in the Lectio 365 probably a week before a specific thing that God really spoke to me about as I read it for my situation, and then about a week later, Di messaged me the exact same thing. So I have told her that, (laughs) but it's good to encourage people if actually. You know, God's spoken to them. I actually wrote some stuff down, so I'm feeling really nervous today. I don't know why. Um, So I was thinking about what to say when Rachel asked me to share. And I was reminded of a time when both of our girls were young and not sleeping. So I've got two girls. They're 11 and 13. Unfortunately, my younger one's unwell at home with my husband this morning, so they're not here. And my older one's gone to Sprinkles. Um... When they, were, when, when they were young, they didn't sleep, and I probably got about three to four hours broken sleep a night for a period of, I don't know, six years maybe. Um, lots of people in this church prayed for us, and some of you that have been around for a while will probably remember that, um, and nothing really seemed to change. So I woke up every morning feeling disappointed. That was like my overwhelming sense every morning when I woke up at whatever time that final kind of wake up was, was just disappointment. That the night, hadn't been any better than the night before because we were just constantly praying. And one evening, some of our church family came around to pray for us. And someone there who is part of this church um, said to me, you can't hold on to God and disappointment. And this really, really hit home for me. And I knew that God was speaking to me at that point. And around that time, I was reading the Psalms. And in Psalm 3, verse 4 to 5, it says, I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. And God really spoke to me that the kind of the message about not being able to hold on to God and disappointment. Um, Then I could see through his word that although my sleep was awful, he was sustaining me. And actually it was incredible because I was functioning in all areas of my life pretty well, actually, considering how little sleep I was getting. And I just saw in that moment that it was because despite my lack of sleep, God was sustaining me. And it really shifted my focus onto what God was doing for me rather than what he wasn't doing, the disappointment of what he wasn't doing. And although nothing really changed with regards to the girls sleeping, I'd like to say that that turned everything around. It didn't for another few years. But it did change my view of the situation and my attitude towards God in it. Now, I could have told you this story before, and I'm pretty sure I've shared it in church before as well. But one of the reasons I decided to share it now is because this week I've been reminded of that word to me again, specifically about disappointment. So many of you all know that in January, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And this year, I've had two major surgeries now. The second one was about six weeks ago. So it's been a really challenging year. Um, And my recent surgery included removal of my ovaries, which has put me into an immediate menopause. And they were removed to reduce the chance of the cancer coming back. Now, menopause has received a lot of media attention recently, and rightly so. But unfortunately, because of the cancer being responsive to oestrogen, I can't take HRT. So the last few weeks, I've been having quite a lot of hot flushes, particularly at night, which is really disturbing my sleep. On Tuesday, I had an appointment with a psychologist who's been supporting me through the last year, which has been amazing. And she asked me what I was feeling when I was awake in the night having a hot flush, and it took me a little bit of time to think about it. And I said, disappointment. I feel disappointment because I've woken up, and I feel disappointed that I've woken up again every time. Then later, I was chatting to Jonathan, my husband, about my psychology appointment, and I told him what I'd said. And he reminded me of what had been said years ago when the girls weren't sleeping. You can't hold on to God and disappointment. So that's been my challenge for this week, to let go of the disappointment and choose to hold on to God. Sometimes our situation doesn't change, but our attitude towards it and towards God can change. And then maybe we can see what he is doing rather than what he's not doing. So that's my story: how God spoke to me through a friend, through His Word, and through my husband. Thank you.
5: Thanks so much, Katrina, and thanks so much, guys, for sharing. You can feel free to go back to your your own chairs. I am so encouraged hearing how God speaks to all of us and in such different ways as well. Um, when I was a intern at my previous church, I was at a training course and. I I was sat there listening to this woman talk to us and she'd been um, recently widowed and she was talking about her journey through that and all the time she was speaking I just had this niggling thought in my mind of this woman needs to write a book and um, it didn't go away the whole time that she was speaking so at the end I went up to her and said this might be totally just me and not God at all but have you ever thought about writing a book? And she immediately started crying, and I was like, oh no, what have I done? <laughs> but she said that she had planned to write a book, and then she'd been scared out of it because she hadn't passed her GCC English, and she didn't think that she, it was something that she was capable of, but something that she felt like God was telling her to. And so she, I don't know, I, haven't, I didn't know if she actually wrote one after that, but just that reminder that God can speak not just through one person but through multiple that other people have been speaking to her about that as well. Um, Yeah, and I could be a part of what God was doing. It was really cool. Yeah, I loved hearing how God speaks to us for ourselves and for others. And as Catherine said at the start, we can be confident that God wants to speak to us. We have examples here, we have examples in our own lives, we have examples in the Bible, in the Old Testament through the prophets and in the New Testament How we know that, like as Catherine said, um, it doesn't. God doesn't have to speak to us just through the prophets anymore, because Jesus died for us. He came down, God with us, and he died for us, so we could be with God.